0: And that's where we have to show self-control. We cannot pump our fist and say, yes, do it. Instead, we say, do you really know everything you're supposed to do? Oh, yes, I do. And then, will you go ahead and start, and I will come and see. And that's when we start to separate from our children a little bit, and we watch from a distance. They are moving into a new phase they're going to be crossing the Mississippi River and entering the second phase of childhood right around the time that they get ready to start first grade and there are so many things that first graders can do they can get themselves ready they can even make their beds in this day and age of comforters they can make their beds (laughs) they can put their things away if we've prepared the habits through imitation they will now become their independent habits that we've instilled. But it has to happen gradually, lovingly, from the inside out. Imitation allows it to occur from the inside out. And that's what we model. Now they internalize it and it becomes theirs. When children cross the Mississippi, a new dimension is going to be added to the parenting. It's not just what we do that's going to matter, but now what we feel is going to matter significantly. Children moving to first grade is a big turning point. You know, the Mississippi is as much a psychological juncture in our country as a physical one. In certain places, it's not a big river. And yet we feel when we cross the Mississippi That we have entered new territory. I believe when the children cross their Mississippi, they enter a region we call the heartland of childhood. And it's a wonderful expanse of time, like the Midwest. When children, I had a friend who who stood at the bus stop when her child started first grade. She stood there with her child and her husband, and she started to cry and her husband impatiently turned to her and said, Donna, what is wrong? And she said, oh, today first grade, tomorrow high school, and then college. And he said, no, Donna, today first grade, tomorrow first grade. (laughs) She did a piece on public radio when her son graduated high school, and she said, I knew I was right because it was just yesterday that he was in first grade. There is something that happens when our children enter the grade school. Time speeds up. It starts to go more quickly. And before we know it, our children are growing up. I know parents feel this. I see them stand at the first grade door at our school, and it's as if you think, you must think that something is passing that we won't ever get back. And that's why, It's so important to know that we've entered the second phase of childhood, and what matters in the second phase is time. When I was a boy, my favorite day of the year was the last day of school. No matter how I stood on my toes and looked for September, I could not see it, and I love that feeling. Do you remember how long summer was when you were little? We have to remember that for our children. They need these large expanses of time in their lives, just like the vistas of the Midwest, endless expanses. I worked with a dad's group in Ann Arbor a couple of years ago, and one of the dads said to me, he said, I remember when I was seven, my dad would come up in the morning and wake me, and he'd wrestle with me on the bed, and I would think, my dad is home all day. All right. How do we give our children a feeling of that expansiveness of time? We, we owe it to them. We book our children solid these days. We rush them from ballet to a sports team, from one activity to a play date, and we just rush them through the precious gift of childhood. How do we allow our children to encounter all the wonderful things that are on the other side of boredom? Remember the games we invented after we were bored, after our mother said, I don't care what you do, but do it outside. (laughs) All the things we found to do. How do we help our children find those inner resources? We have to do it through time, through this understanding of the Midwest because we have to recall just remember how long a cup of coffee can last in Minnesota right how long story time can last how we can celebrate a day and its expansiveness what we also have to keep in mind is that time is central to discipline our parenting is so much better when we have enough time how many nights Is dinner sabotage because it's late and our children get low blood sugar before dinner and they end up in one of those sibling things that, that just ruin everybody's mood? Or how often is bedtime rushed and how much harder it is? Or the child that leaves their homework until the last minute and that they have to rush to do their homework 10 minutes before bed. Or the same with carpool. How do we build in expanses of time? When I was a first grade teacher with my last class, the one thing I realized was that I was a much better teacher if I had enough time for transitions. Transitions are big in the home and in school. I mean, you all are fortunate. You don't live in a world of snow pants, do you? But snow pants take time. Boots take time parent trying to get a child out of the house. What happens is that in our soul life, we tighten up when we're rushed. And our children feel that because they're connected to our emotional life by invisible threads. In the middle phase of childhood, what we feel, our children feel. And so anytime we tighten up, they know, and it affects their behavior. So how do we stay calm and buoyant in the presence of our children. We need time. We can't feel rushed.